Welcome to week number four of our sermon series entitled Mad at God, final chapter, chapter four of the book of Jonah. Which makes me think of the question that might allow us to understand where we're going today. It's the question I wrote down when I started thinking about today's sermon. What is the maddest you've ever been? Like, think of a time in your life that you got angry. What was it that caused you to be angry? Like, was it a minor irritation? Or maybe it was a week that things had built up and and you blew up? Or maybe if your first thought, your first inclination of an angry moment, a, a mad moment, it was none of those minor things, it was probably a major thing. Like something big went bad, and you got mad. Like the first three things that came to my mind were were personal stories. Like when I was in college. And six months after the fact, my roommate at the time, well, he didn't tell me, but I found out that six months earlier when he was on a class trip with some of my other classmates after we had left high school made out with my girlfriend at the time. That didn't go well. Like, I got mad. And we stopped rooming together. We made up. He was still in my wedding a few years later, so it's all good. (laughs) But I, I definitely remember being mad. And my reaction wasn't very good because in the turn, he got mad at my response. Or maybe it was relationally. Like, You got mad and angry because someone you loved or someone you cared about, someone you knew, you invested in them, you tried to speak the truth to them, you tried to help them, you you had their back, but in turn, they didn't have yours and they threw you under the bus and caused relational chaos. Like, ever have a friend like that? You talked about things, you shared things, and and then behind your back, they, they did you wrong and you got mad. Or maybe it's been work. Like, at your workplace, someone spoke poorly of you. They told rumors about you. They, they didn't tell the truth about you. Like, they tried to undermine you. They, they attacked you. Been there, done that, and, yep, mad. Like, the truth is, in our life, unless you're the .01 percenters who doesn't have an angry bone in all of your body, at some point, somewhere, Someone or something has caused you to get mad. And I'll be the first to tell you that not in every time, but in some of those times, my anger was not just at the person or the hurt or the pain, but it spilled over spiritually. So I'll be the first in line to say that there have been times when when I've got angry over real things and maybe could validate it in one way, shape, or fashion, that it it no longer was a righteous anger because the finger got pointed in God's direction. And that's what we're going to find today in Jonah. I want you to think about the times in your life, the things that cause you to get angry. What is it and, and what happens when that anger rears its ugly head? Because you talk to experts, we could have a whole sermon just on anger and what causes it to be an issue. 
Like someone wronged you, someone spoke poorly of you. Someone did something wrong and hurtful to you and there is trauma that, that has been experienced as a result. Maybe it's because of things that are happening in your life. Maybe work went bad and, or financially you're, you're struggling. Maybe there's just stress and irritation. Some of the other reasons why people get angry is because they, they begin to generalize everything. Like, you know what someone is who generalizes everything? Like, it's everybody who's out to get me. Nobody loves me, and the world is against me, and that generalization causes you to get angry. Maybe it's your rigid worldview. Like, you wonder why there's been so much anger over the last several years in our country, whether it's COVID, social justice, injustice, and everything else, because there are so many people on the polarizing ends of their, their views, that there's no way we can come to the middle and have a conversation, and we get angry. I don't need to tell you this. Like, just go to your Facebook feed and see some anger. You'll find it. Or just wait until the election cycle really kicks up. Then we're going to experience it. Like, why do people get so angry? Because they have a very rigid, strong viewpoint. And that's really what Jonah had. Like, his nationalistic view of the the people of Israel, his pride in his country, the, the things that he felt were right and wrong were a part of a lot of the actions that have taken place so far and they're going to see them spill over today. Like we're going to see Jonah talk about being angry, but what were the real issues? What is it that really is the issue of, of anger? Where does it come from and, and why? We're going to dig into that, dive into that and, and see how sadly at times when we get angry, how it comes back and also becomes an issue with God. But before we get there, remember where we left off last week. Chapter 3 wrapped up with these words. Where, the, where Jonah goes through the city, he, he's preached the message. The, the Ninevites believed God, they repented. And when God saw that what they did, their repentance and their actions, how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. Now, I want to just bring you back to that point because I want you to understand the significance of what transpired. Well, we talked about it last week. Think about it in these terms. The Bible tells us that the angels in heaven rejoice. They, they celebrate. The angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner who repents. One. Like one. But the city of Nineveh believed God, a city of maybe up towards of a half a million people. Like, I'm not saying every last one uh, gave their, their lives to God, believed in God. Like, that message broke down their hearts. The Holy Spirit created faith. But the, the Bible is very clear. The Ninevites, the city as a whole, believed God. We're talking hundreds of thousands of people repented. Like, if the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner who repents, imagine the party that, that heaven was and how loud the rejoicing of the angels was that day. Like, I've heard some pretty amazing singing and rejoicing here in church when it's jam-packed on a holiday, but I don't think there was anything like that day, <laughs> or maybe not many days like that, on the streets of heaven and the angels rejoicing. But on the, the roads outside of Nineveh, Jonah was not joining in. Like, this is what the Bible tells us after God relented. In Jonah chapter 4, verse 1, he says this, But to Jonah this seemed very angry, 
or seemed very wrong, and he became angry. Two words in the Hebrew that, that really help you understand what's going on here, uh, and, and they're going to play into it later, and I, I want you to understand what, what is being described in Jonah. He was greatly displeased. This seemed very wrong. The word is ra'ah. Ra'ah, to be greatly displeased, is to be evil. To have an attitude which rejects God's authority. Like Jonah was greatly displeased. Like he was displeased about God's choice and he believed it was wrong. And then you got the next word. Ra'ah is followed by chara, which means to burn, to be incensed. Literally, when you see it today, when, when someone talks about that, that caused me to be on fire, I got heated up, I got on fire over something, I was angry. Literally, Jonah was burning on the inside with frustration and angry, anger. He became angry. He didn't just have anger for a moment. No, it was his current condition. He was mad at God. Which is why before we go on to the story and find out why, I want to have a little discussion with all of you on, on why people get angry at God. I want you to think maybe of why it is that you're angry with God right now. Like is something missing in your life? Is something happening to you in your life? Is something transpiring? And if you're honest today, there's a little bit of anger at God. You have a little bit of Jonah in you. Like, why is it? Or maybe when you got angry at God at some point in your life, why was it? You could probably sum up with one of three words or three phrases. Like, here are the words that maybe will help you summarize why people get mad at God, maybe why you're mad at God or have been mad at God. Uh, They summarize in many ways why Jonah got mad at God. Number one, pain. Like, oftentimes people get mad at God because there's something that happens in their life, whether physical, relational, or emotional, pain that they're going through, facing, or enduring. And you know why people get mad at God when there's pain? Why Christians get mad at God because there's pain? Why people in general look at the world and and say, I want nothing to do with God because if there was a God... And he's loving, why would he allow me to have to deal with and endure this? Like I've talked to a lot of people who've gone through the loss of of a loved one and the pain that, that breaks their heart and there's a part of them that is angry at God for taking that person out of their life. I've talked to a lot of people who tragically have dealt with different issues in their life and and they've struggled and got mad at God. Pain is one of them, and another one is sin. Like when sin rears its ugly head and in our lives, we, we question, where is God? We get mad at God. Like we talked about this in our abuse series. We, we've talked about this when people have to endure natural disasters. And we have to talk about this when someone has ate clean their whole life, never picked up a cigarette, never cross the line really physically and yet they're the ones who get that cancer? Like sin? And you know why people get mad at God when when sin invades their life by the doing of others or simply by the 
reality of sin being in the world, they blame God because he could have done something. He should have done something. He could have stopped something. And now I'm dealing with that something. People get mad at God when, when they endure and face sin. Or when God doesn't take away that sin that they wrestle with. And then there's the last one. It's definitely going to be true of Jonah, but let's be honest. The Christians in general, people in general, get mad at God because of grace. Like deep down somewhere in your heart, there is probably someone in your life, in your bubble, in our world, at work, or maybe in a broader sense, that, that in your mind you don't think is worthy of grace. Like they've been so bad to you. They've done such bad things to them. They've, they've hurt so many people that at the end of the day, like 99% of people, God, I could deal with, but if, if my mansion is next to their mansion, I might not want to be there because I don't think that's right and that's not good. People get mad at God for grace. Not to them personally, but to them people. Or maybe you could sum it up this way, those three things. I, I like this because it, it, it helps us understand Jonah. Maybe it will resonate with you. Uh, it kind of describes it in the same way. We, people get mad at God for three reasons. One, because we get something we don't expect. Like our, we don't have the right expectation. <laughs> we get something that we don't expect and it paralyzes us. It angers us. We shake a fist at God. We get something we don't expect. Second one is we get something we don't want. <laughs> like we don't want that. Label the blank however you would. We don't want to get divorced. We don't want that disease. We don't want financial struggles. We don't want this, that, or another thing. We don't want it, but we get it. And God didn't stop it. Last one, we believe God owes us something. Like I think at the end of the day, one of the most difficult things for, for Christians, for Bible-believing Christians, we believe God owes us something. Guilty. Like God, I'm a pastor. Like, God, I, I don't get to go out and party on Saturday nights. Like, God, I have to go to bed early. Like, God, I've, I've done a lot for you. Like, God, like, I'm at the top of the list, probably the chief of sinners of, of whether I say it out loud, which I just did, forgive me, or I think it, like, God owes me. Like, for the Christian who gives back to God out of their, their wealth and, and does it in a godly way, like when your finances go upside down, when it doesn't go well for you, you're like, but God, like I've done it the right way. Like I know or believe that person over there is really tight with their money when it comes to you, God, but I'm not. But, but they keep getting and you keep taking. Like you owe me. Like, are you mad at God? And why? Because he didn't stop something that you didn't want because you got something that you didn't expect, that you believe God owes you something? Like, I, I've experienced this and seen this from the time I was young till I'm now 51. 
Like I, I know the, the lady who, who lost her husband when I was maybe about seven or eight years old when I lived in Columbus. Her, her husband, who was a doctor who helped people, who loved people, went to the drugstore to pick something up, but he never walked out because a robber came in and shot him. Or like my brother's best friend in grade school, spending a day with his grandparents as he's driving uh, to, for, for an activity to get some ice cream after they're done. But that guy drank too much and blew the red light and plowed right into the side of the car, killing him. Like it's pretty hard not to get mad at God when that happens to you. It's no different than what I've experienced here over 17 years either. Like people get mad at God. Maybe you're mad at God. God wants us to understand the issue and God wants us to, to learn from Jonah. Today when we struggle with that and wrestle with that, let's see why Jonah got mad. But to Jonah this seemed very wrong and he became angry. Here's his why. He prayed to the Lord. I would encourage you not to pray this way to God. Uh, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Like from the belly of the fish, Jonah prayed to live, but now he's mad at God. Now he would rather die because he knows the truth about God, and God did what he knew God could do. Like this isn't Jonah getting upset because he was confused. No, this is Jonah getting mad because he knew like he was knowledgeable about God. He knew the scriptures about God. He proclaimed the truth about God. He had firsthand experienced those very things from God. Jonah knew very clearly when he made the first step toward Tarshish, when he ran in the other direction, the why behind the what of his issue. I knew God. I just knew it. Like you might just save these horrible people because that's who you are. So I'd rather die. Like Jonah got it. But he truly didn't grasp it. You remember back in chapter 2, Jonah talked about the worthless idols? Like one of the things that oftentimes causes us to get angry at God are the idols of our life. And when something surrounding that idol, that belief, that thought, that person, that thing. When, when that goes haywire, we lose it. We get angry with God. Like if something happens to your spouse unexpectedly and you lose them and, and you get angry at God over it because you didn't see it coming, the hurt and the pain are real, but maybe, just maybe, that idol of your heart has taken the place on the throne. When you get angry at God because your resources are gone, maybe just maybe the idol that you have is, is money. And that when you find happiness in it, when you have it, but when it disappears, you're angry at God because you think he should do better by you. That's Jonah. His self-righteous 
Pharisaical attitude was no different than what Jesus dealt with in his day. Like the Pharisees loved to look at other people and they got angry at God and Jesus claimed to be God because he hung out with the tax collectors and the sinners, the adulterers and the bad people. Like they didn't like grace, Jesus' definition of it. They loved their position on it. They believed God owed them something because of the righteous life they lived. See, at the end of the day, as you look at Jonah, what it reveals in him and what it reveals for you and for me, no matter where we're at on, on, and on the why behind the what of our anger, at the end of the day, anger boils down to this. It is a heart issue. Something else has your heart, and when it's gone, when you don't get what you want, when you get what you don't expect, when you think God owes you something and you're receiving nothing, that is an issue of the heart. That's an idol that maybe is causing it. It's an issue of the heart that maybe you think you know better than God. Jonah being greatly angered, believed it was wrong. Like Jonah believed God's decision was not the right decision. <laughs> he got angry. Like if you know better than God or think you know better than God, watch out. But the issue is, is not always the external issue. The issue is the heart issue. Like the issue wasn't that God spared Nineveh. The issue was that Jonah didn't like it. He got angry at grace. So maybe it would be good for us as we consider anger being a heart issue to, to see how God dealt with it. Like to Jonah's statement that I'd rather be dead, here's what God did. The Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah. Like everything you said is true. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Is it right for you to be angry about grace? Because I'm pretty sure when you were drowning, I'm pretty sure when I heard you praying in the belly of the fish, I'm pretty sure when you got vomited up on dry land, you were pretty thankful for it. But now you're not. Is it right? Does God owe you? Is God being unfaithful to his promises to you or others? And here's where you kind of see that Jonah, like he's one who understands the word and he knows God. You know what he didn't do? Talk back. <laughs> like unlike most children might do to their parents when they don't like that they got something that they don't think they deserve, like they come up with an excuse, like Jonah just goes outside of the city and sits down. Like this is not the time or the place. Jonah knew probably in his heart that he was wrong, but he, he wasn't going to confess it. He wasn't willing to, to deal with it like he did in chapter 2 yet. Jonah went outside, sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. So Jonah, 40 days hasn't uh, come up yet. God didn't wipe them out initially. Maybe, just maybe, Jonah wanted to stick around and see if uh, God would change his mind again. Like maybe the Ninevites would, would mess up. Maybe they would go back to their old evil ways and, and Jonah would get what he wanted, right? So he goes outside, sets up camp, doesn't want to leave because of a heart issue that he has. So the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head and to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at the dawn of the next day, God provided a worm which chewed up the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, the next day, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Like something interesting in this section is the name of the Lord, the saving God, the one that's used in chapter two, chapter three, 
first part of chapter 4 changes to uh, Almighty God, uh, creation God, all-powerful God, which is significant. The one who's dealing with Jonah right now can do anything and will do everything. He uses his power. Uh, he, he, he's Almighty Creator God. Uh, so the differentiation is important. But even in the midst of it, three times God provided. Like some experts say, it almost is like God is playing with Jonah. I would argue that no, God is teaching Jonah. God is disciplining Jonah. Remember chapter 2, God uses discipline uh, for a loving purpose, not to, to punish us, but to bring us back. Not to pay us back, but to bring us back. And here God is using very clear object lessons to help Jonah unpack the issue of his heart. Like Jonah wanted a God who would make life easy for him. Jonah wanted a God who saw things his way. Jonah wanted a God uh, that, uh, and loved God when things were good for Jonah. Like he was happy when the plant came up, but now he wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. Like, I don't know about you. Well, yeah, I don't know about you. It's not true of me. I plant nothing. But if I did, most of it dies. And usually when the plants die that you might raise up, you might get frustrated. But have you ever said, God, my tomato plant died. Take my life. Like Jonah is on fire because of the plant. Jonah is on fire because he lost his shade. Jonah's on fire because a plant, which he had nothing to do with coming up, that sprung up miraculously to provide that much shade in the desert, made him happy that when it disappeared, when the scorching wind came, he'd rather be dead. Because his heart issue, his idol, what pushed him over the brink with God, Was this very truth, if you're filling in notes, like anger is a heart issue that oftentimes comes back to a contentment issue. Like, I liked it when things were good, God, but when things go bad, it's your fault. Not sin's fault, not my fault, not the sad reality of the existence of sin or someone else's sin's fault. Like, it's yours. Like, when my life doesn't go the way I want and I'm not comfortable, God's fault. Like, contentment is a major anger issue. When things don't go my way, when my life isn't in a good place, and Jonah didn't like it. Like, I get it. Like, I've been out in places like St. George, Utah, where my son lives in the dead hot middle of summer. Like, it's 30 degrees cooler in the shade. You just step in the shade and you go, <sighs> and you walk out into the sun and you sweat in a second. Like, I get it, it was uncomfortable. I get it, it wasn't great. But you know what God never said to Jonah? Hey, go sit outside the city and, and let the sun beat down on you and watch the city for a while. <laughs> this wasn't God. This was you and your heart. And his lack of contentment was revealed in that moment. Which God wanted to address. But the Lord said, you've been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. Like, you're hot, you're on fire, you want to die, but you had nothing to do with that plant. In fact, you know better, Jonah, that no plant appears that can provide that much shade overnight and then disappear the next day because a worm ate it uh, and a scorching wind will come up. Like, you know whose hand is in this. You know exactly what you're saying. You're pointing the finger at me. You're angry because I did not provide what you wanted to, to be provided for. I did not do what you wanted done. 
And God uses the, the teachable moment. It sprang up overnight and it died overnight. I'm the one who actually has a right to be concerned about the plant because I'm the creator of the plant. <laughs> and should I not? Big point. Last verse. Have concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people, those under the age of being able to discern right, left, and all those things, who cannot tell their right hand from their left hand, and also many animals. Like, Jonah, you're concerned about a plant that you had nothing to do with. I'm the one who has the right to be concerned about the plant, but Jonah, Jonah, like your concern is over what you want. But at the end of the day, what I sent you here to do and what matters more than anything and all things is that, that I've given and want to provide what all people need. Like it's the cliffhanger question. This is the end of the book. We don't know what happened next with Jonah. We don't know if he marched back home. We don't know if he used his story as a teachable moment for all the Israelites. I, we don't know if he repented. He, he, he confessed. We, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know if God left him there and Jonah and his stubbornness died out in the desert because there was no shade and, and that was the end. We just don't know. Because I think that's the point of the story ends with what God wants you to know. If God cares about your smallest want, like he did for Jonah, like providing shade, if, if God cares, cast all your cares on him, he cares for you. The one who cares says he'll provide for your needs. Shouldn't God care about their greatest need? Shouldn't God care about your greatest need? Like when you think about all the things that, that God promises, when you think about all the things that God says, when you think about what Jonah said about God, at the end of the day, what, what God is all about is being slow to anger, which he was for Jonah and you and me, abounding in love, which he was for Jonah and he is for you and me, compassionate and gracious, which he was for Jonah and he is for you and for me and the Ninevites. Like, that's who God is. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Like, when you get mad at God for for, for getting things that you don't think you deserve, that, that God is not being good to you. When, when your anger is over the fact that God owes you something, remember that God owes you nothing, but God gives you everything. Like in this world filled with troubles, God didn't just wipe Adam and Eve out and start over. Have you ever been mad at God for that? Like, hey God, like those two people, it's my fault that they messed it up so bad? Like, you ever want God to have wiped them out and started over? No one's going to admit it. I will. But that wouldn't be God. God wanted them saved. And he wants you saved. Like, that at the end of the day is the book of Jonah. He wanted to deal with the issue of Jonah's heart. He wanted to have Jonah understand who God is. He wanted to have Jonah get his heart in the right place with God. He wanted Jonah to understand that, that God is a God for all, not just some, not just the Israelites, but all, that, that God gives us what we don't deserve. And in the end, you know, the things that we get mad at God for, what God wanted Jonah to learn, is God wants you and me to come to a knowledge of the truth so that we can enjoy a place where there is no pain and there is no sin but there's 100% amazing grace that we get to experience in full. Like all the things we get mad at God for is what he wants you to never have to, to deal with sin and pain, which is only possible because of grace. When you get mad at God's grace, you get mad at the one thing that'll change the sin and the pain. Which is maybe the ultimate point of why the story ends there. Which is maybe what helps you and I deal with 
our anger issues when our anger is directed at God. It's to remember what God wanted Jonah to remember. And that's grace. It's what Jesus said in John chapter 316. God so loved the world, Nineveh, Jonah, Pastor Tim, 922, Appleton, Wisconsin, the globe in 2023. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. God wants that for you and for me and for all. That's what he's passionate about. That's what he came to do. That's what he gives to you and me. So maybe just maybe what God wanted Jonah to learn and for you and for me to learn is that in the moments when this world is filled with trouble, which Jesus predicted, he wants us to remember to take heart that he's overcome the world. That grace has rescued us from all our sin. That Jesus one day will remove all the pain and there'll be no more sin around the streets of heaven but only rejoicing with all the angels and the saints. In this world filled with troubles, we will wrestle with anger. Remember, friends, anger is a heart issue. It's a contentment issue. And so when it rears its ugly head, remember who God is. Gracious, compassionate, abounding in love for you and for me, for Jonah, for Nineveh, for all. Until that day when eternity comes and we're all there at Jesus' return. Instead of getting mad at God, Remember the amazing love and grace of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for grace, for your love. Forgive us for all the times we've been angry. Help us celebrate that you didn't treat us as our sins deserve. You didn't treat Jonah as his sins deserve. But, but in those moments, you, you didn't want to pay him back. You wanted to bring him back, and you do for us. So, Lord, forgive us for all the times we've been angry with you. And help us remember who you are, a God who loves, a God who forgives and has forgiven us.